With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. We are so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Remember, it's not how far, it's not how fast, it's how frequent. Get out there, you can do it. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes with gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week Brooklinen and Squarespace Squarespace they're bringing the show to you DLC of course the show all about games and their many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also games that involve dice luck and cardboard i'm your host jeff canada that's spelled with two n's and one t and i am joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who cannot believe that you can score 12 runs and still lose a baseball game Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. If you would have told anyone that yesterday was going to be Kershaw and Keuchel and the game would end 13-12 in extra innings, no one would believe you. What? That... What do you? What even is this World Series? I'm just uh, what? Let's go uh, baseball! Like you can't, you can't pick a team. I mean, I especially can't. But what the heck, right? Wow. I mean, that was like that was like three games worth of excitement crammed into one game. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, yeah. Are you loving it though? Because you're uh, you're you got your your foot in both camps. You've been to two games now: one in Houston, one in L.A. Are you are you surviving? What's even happening? Yeah, for, I have my Halloween costume all picked out. I'm going as the guy who's trying to watch the baseball game. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be rough. Um, couple of things before we get to the main show: big, 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 big week. I mean, we have tons of news, tons of games to talk about. Last week was. Arguably one of the biggest video game releases of all time in one single day. So we're going to get to all that. I forgot to mention last week, Christian, that uh, you actually pointed this out to me, that we did back in the weekend confirmed days, which DLC is sort of the spiritual successor of, we did 202 episodes, right? Yep. And and last week was our 203rd. So we eclipsed the output of that show uh, now we're in, in episode 204. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud. I just want to take a moment. I forgot to do it last week. Take a moment and acknowledge that. Uh, congrats to you. Likewise. I'm proud of what we, we've built here. And I have a special song about a stinky body part I want to play. No. <laughs> no. It's called That's Boy Do My Feet Stink. And it's, uh, a, it's a toddler song. You're going to love it. Another quick thing I want to mention is starting today, uh, we are 
we are going to be live streaming the recording of this show two ways. We've been doing it on Twitch through Christian's uh, Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. But now we're going to do it in real time uh, over the Caffeine streaming service. You can find that at caffeine.tv slash Jeff Kanata. So if you're around on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific time, you can watch the show either of those two ways, and they're both awesome. We got video, so baby. Now. We got the video. So you can see me uh, screaming Squarespace at the top of my lungs at the top of every episode. Uh, but let's get right to it because, you know, uh, we do have a lot to talk about today. And DLC is your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, we are excited because DLC stands for Dodecahedron Lives Chelsea. Oh, thanks. See what I did there? Yeah. Because you know her from the Polygon show, which is now, uh, I believe, streamed live on Twitch as well, right? And she's managing editor at Polygon. Ms. Chelsea Stark is with us for the first time. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you, especially on this week with so much juicy stuff to talk about. We have, uh, well, let's just get right Hold into on. Can it. Can I just because... say real quick to uh, Chelsea that I'm a fan. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're at Polygon and I'm excited for all the, the new stuff you're going to be doing over there. No pressure to do new stuff, but <laughs> I'm excited for it already. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love, I've been at Polygon a year, so I, I'm freaking happy still to be here. It's a, a amazing company, amazing website. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're excited that you're taking your time out of your day to to be with us. So let's start the show the way we always do. With Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of video games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by visiting our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com, where cool folks hang, talk about the show, talk about video games. Uh, we got a lot of big stories, but... I suspect, Chelsea, you're going to want your story of the week to be what just happened uh, about two hours ago here as we record on Monday. Uh, what is your story of the week? Oh, man, it's the it's definitely easily the PlayStation uh, press conference at Paris Games Week. There was so much. They just they dropped a whole bunch of new releases. I mean, personally, I'm most excited about the indie games that they announced. I'm a huge Spelunky fan, so I, I'm way excited for Spelunky 2. I think that's going to be one of the like the things that I will definitely spend the most time playing next year. Even if we didn't see gameplay, I'm like, okay, Spelunky was one of my favorite games. <laughs> I don't care. It's going to be good. Like, yeah, Moss Mouth has such high credentials. It's it's awesome. But yeah, there was a lot of other amazing trailers. Like, we got to see a lot more God of War. We got to see a little, like, really gruesome parts of Last of Us Part Two, which is intense. Yeah, so much to dig into here. Uh, if you guys um, aren't aware, Paris Game Week kicks off this week, and Sony made a big, big press conference. Uh, as we're recording this, it was this morning, just a couple of hours ago, uh, and it was kind of separated into two parts. One was a pre-show where they still had a bunch of game announcements and, and breaking news, uh, and as Chelsea referenced, it was kind of more focused on indie games and PlayStation VR. And then the main press conference on the big stage was the big AAA stuff. And there's a lot to talk about. I mean, this was like an, an E3 level presentation with big reveals and games we hadn't heard about. So yeah, I mean, Spelunky 2, I think, was the big uh, closer of the first half. That was the big reveal uh, to end that pre-show. And it, it seems like it's going to be like Daughter of Spelunky, maybe? Yeah. That's kind of what they're indicating. I know. Daughter of Spelunky. The Spelunky man is all, you know, adult now. Starting a family. <laughs> yeah. 
this this but yeah it, it seems like the same kind of themes and music and everything like that when i saw that the walls were shifting text i was like oh yeah it's definitely leading to that same kind of gameplay yeah and that and the the image of the of the family with those noses that are so spelunky it's like i know that nose, I know that nose. that's a spelunky nose <laughs> Uh, but yeah, tons of stuff to talk about. And we'll go through um, some of the big, big hits. Guacamelee 2, I think that's a big one. I know, Christian, you're a big fan of the first Guacamelee game, right? Yeah, and they added four-player co-op to this, which I hope works elegantly into that game because that game was so tight with its platforming in the first one. I think I own the first one on three systems, and I think I've finished it on two of those systems. I love that game. The only thing that has me nervous about these announcements are is Splunky 2 and Guacamelee 2 are they PS4 only or is it going to be I love those games and I will play them on PS4 if that's where they come out first but I think Splunky 2 and Guacamelee 2 need to be on Switch or Vita or something that I can take with me cuz both of those games are life right like it's every day you're grinding out and I want them everywhere yeah I would be shocked if they were just PlayStation exclusives if nothing else PC games but yeah I'm I'm sure there's going to be on a lot of platforms I mean that I think that's the the theme of 2017 is everyone's like well when's the switch version coming out and (laughs) it's true true. i'm sure that we'll Uh, get some of that yeah it's uh it's it's convenience factor especially for those kind of games it's like just let me let me play it for my money uh the pre-show i was very happy to see so much love given to playstation vr because i'm a big vr fan uh some new games announced including a game called megalith which was described as a hero shooter where you inhabit these giant titan style creatures they said i guess the tagline is become a god looked really cool a game called bow to blood which is like this combat game where you fly a skyship it kind of reminds me of skies of arcadia style um uh, old school clipper ships but in the air which looked kind of neat uh, ultra wings vr is the classic game ultra wings which um uh, it was a you know old PlayStation franchise. Putting that into VR was interesting, but I think most interesting about that is the fact that you don't control it with a DualShock. You actually control it with the Move controllers, and you physically manipulate all the controls in the cockpit of the plane with your hands, which I think is that is going to get really hairy so fast. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, don't crash. Yeah. Um, and then they showed uh, updates on games we already knew about. Star Child, which was a huge highlight for me from uh, E3 and Moss, got a release date February of next year, which is sooner than I was expecting, which is pretty cool. Moss looks incredible. And Sprint Vector. Yeah. Did you get a chance to play it at E3? I played it at a PlayStation event in July. And oh my gosh, that game is is ca- it's very captivating. And they I think they did a lot to really make you connect with that that little cute mouse quill. Because you can like pick her up and feel her heartbeat and all that stuff. It's just like, whoa, it's it's just extremely kind of captivating. Yeah, and adorable. I mean, uh, I think they – I think coming out of E3, even Sony was a little surprised at the reaction. And I love that they have seem to have embraced the – the the idea of this game as a as a bigger release and they seem to be making more more of a deal about it now which is cool going back to sprint vector have you played that jeff i have it's awesome it's really sweaty <laughs> it is very sweaty you yes. a lot of arm motions in that game but yeah it, it's cool it's a really cool concept but afterwards i was like whoa i'm very sweaty that's true. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of people that use uh, VR as like a workout regimen these days, which is kind of cool. But you're right. That is a downside. I ended up very sweaty myself after playing it. But 
there are very few games that convey that sense of speed like that with that game. Oh man. And, and the fact that I didn't feel nauseated at all. I don't know how you. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and I will say that the trailer showed off a lot more cool looking environments. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm interested to see this again for sure. Right. Yeah, it looks like they're they're expanding much more than what was shown previously as far as the number of tracks and kinds of things you'll be able to do. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Sprint Vector, it's it's kind of like uh, one of those reality TV shows like Wipeout or um, American Ninja Warrior, but – uh, if if you had rocket boots on, you're you're uh, able to you're you're literally sprinting through these crazy terrain obstacle courses uh, and racing against somebody, and you move by swinging your arms, and then you can leap into the air, and if you put your arms out straight like Superman, you can kind of glide a little bit, and you can leap, and you can climb, and but catch you're just and catch to- ledges, which is really fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like platforming and racing and all in all in first person inside VR and yet you're moving around in insane speeds like the Flash but somehow they've managed to make it not induce nausea which is pretty great. Uh also uh League of War VR Arena was announced. Uh it looks like sort of a Clash of Clans type uh thing in VR with an admittedly very cheesy trailer. <laughs> uh, I don't know when they're going to get get hip to the fact that people sniff uh that inauthenticity from the actors who are like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen you know um just kicked your butt oh no i don't know we've (laughs) 200 and something episodes of this show and people still think we like video games jeff so i think you can fool people for a long time (laughs) i am a classically trained actor (laughs) exactly what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) um and then uh, i think the biggest surprise of the whole pre-show was this game ure I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. The it sort of looks like Journey or um, Abzu. It's this very stylized um, traversal game where you can transform into a dragon. And the big surprise was it's out now. You can get it today. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's like kind of. I feel like Sony has done that in a couple of press conferences. They're like, "Oh, we made a weird, quirky indie thing, and here, here it is. Just play it. Like, go for it." Total Beyonce drop, yeah. man. Total, like, you didn't know we were working on this. Here it is, and now you can have it today. Pretty rad. Uh, I'm definitely excited to try that game. Um, and then Spelunky 2 is the big the big capper of the pre-show. Did you mention uh, Christian- Hong Kong Massacre? I think that looks... Oh, that looks really cool. Incredible. It's like a twin-stick shooter. It also gave me Max Payne Game Boy Advance vibes, because it was, like, isometric, and you could go into bullet time and do all that stuff. And it looked like... And I didn't go into like a later press release if there was one, but it looks like there was some time manipulation or things. Maybe it was just things slowed down when things got hectic, but that looked awesome. Like the animations and the way the characters were moving through the environment and kind of everything exploding all around. I think that game visually looked really stunning. Yeah. Like Max Payne meets Hotline Miami in in Hong Kong setting. That looked really cool. Uh, And the other game I didn't mention was uh, The Gardens Between which also looked really intriguing. It was kind of a, um, a Tale of Two Sons-esque thing where you are contro- a single-player game, but you're controlling two, two boys uh, that look like little high school kids who uh, are kind of exploring these islands. And there definitely is time manipulation stuff there. You saw them rewinding time and, and uh, yeah. exploring. It looked really The cool. art style really gave me Monument Valley kind of meets Fez color scheme feels it was very pretty i mean like i feel like there's so much 
like, oh, we're going to launch a beautiful indie game and here's some kind of cool strings that go be- play behind it and you, you get all <laughs> the feels right there. But I, I don't know. It was like really, I'm, I'm glad that Sony is still riding the indie train and, and releasing those interesting games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but you're right that there is sort of this like indie game playbook. Um, same thing with uh, that Ure was like, now you're going to feel something in a game and his, his, art style and uh, experience. It's like they, they definitely are two modes. It's either, you know, God of War or it's uh, it's artistic indie game. Artistic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so hard artistic. Yeah. Um, any other things you guys want to uh, talk about with the pre-show? No, I think you, I mean, there was a, I know that they talked about the Final Fantasy fishing game too. And that, <laughs> I love that. That's the best use of VR we've come up with. But it, I mean, it seems awesome. It seems great. Uh, I don't know if I'm on that train of seeming, seeming awesome, but I have yet, I've said this before, but I will say it again. I have yet to find a fishing mini game or fishing game that, I don't find completely uninteresting. Mm. Uh, I know people say Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley. I'm sorry. I don't, I still don't think any fishing in any game, including Stardew Valley is interesting to me, but I I hope my, I, my mind is, but then again, I don't really like real fishing. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I guess I I think I like animal crossing fishing because it's very to the point. You're like not really struggling to do it very much. You're not like fighting against the fish or anything like that, but that that's about it. All right, so um, like I said, it was kind of bifurcated between the this pre-show show, which was kind of casual, and they had the host sitting around talking about it, and then the stage presentation, which was very E3 and very multimedia and included stage effects and lighting and stuff. And that one kicked off with a complete shocker, one that, Christian, you and I have been predicting was going to be at E3 for the last two or three E3s and hasn't been. And it's interesting that they used Paris Game Show, Game Week, to uh, debut the new Sucker Punch game. And it is a new IP. We'd been hoping and predicting that Sucker Punch would be actually doing a new IP now. But it is not one that I ever would have predicted. It it's, looks really gorgeous. It's a game called Ghost of uh, Tsushima. And it's a samurai game. It looks kind of like an open world, um, maybe, you know, The Witcher meets Tenchu or Onimusha. Really amazing. What did you think of this one, Chelsea? Oh, I think it looked completely gorgeous. I mean, I, I really do like Sucker Punch as a studio. And I'm ex- like like you, I was excited to see them do something new. I'd, I kind of wish we knew exactly what entirely, like, we're dealing with. But I'm I'm okay with seeing beautiful visuals right now and, like, it seems to really take a lot of historical accuracy. I think they were saying that in the developer thing later, and I was like kind of interested in that and just like this this feudal Japan and, and exploring that. That seemed beautiful. And also just like their games are known, just, you know, always feel great to play. So excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt like there were – it seemed to indicate open world. I'm I'm reading into that a bit. We don't actually know. But I will say – I'm really glad that we didn't get the thing that seems to be the normal template these days, which is the first time we hear about a game or a new IP, it's with a cinematic trailer that has no gameplay at all. This actually looked like it was all in-engine and it looked like it was all 
stuff from what we will be playing, which is a cool way to announce a game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think also it shows a hopeful trust in Sucker Punch to let them come out with a new, brand new IP. It does, it's not attached to anything. It doesn't seem like it was, you know, it's not backdoored into Infamous or something else. It's, here's <laughs> this thing. And I, I love Samurai stuff. I think it's cool. And, um, you know, there's talk that it might be featured more in a hit HBO show coming back. And that was teased before also. But also Samurai stuff isn't, hot right now right this isn't tapping into um something that is a known not ip what's the word i'm looking for genre that's like very popular like writing the tales of westerns or dragons or anything like that it's like here's this studio that's made great games and it appears as if they were given the trust and freedom to make what they wanted to make so hopefully that creates an even better game than okay go make infamous seven or you know or whatever it would be I think it's pretty shocking that they chose Paris Game Week as a debut for this game because it it, it feels like that means they have more bullets in the chamber for, for big stuff moving forward because this feels like something that could have easily been saved for an E3 2018 reveal. Yeah, PSX, which they've been using to reveal like a ton of big stuff, I feel like, too. I think, I think this is a, totally. a kick in Microsoft's shin. What this is, is the Xbox One X is coming out very soon. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, this console looks so hot. It looks amazing. It's incredible. I wish there were more games for it. And Sony's like, yeah, we might not have the most powerful console around, but you wanted some games? Some of them aren't coming out yet, sure. But you want to know where all the great games are going to be? They're here. Going to buy a console this holiday season? Buy ours. You're good to go. And Xbox is like, we got the best console. PUBG maybe <laughs> and I, I really feel like this was timed to counteract the Xbox One X launch with all of these games announced for this console it's it's mind-blowing to happen at Paris Games Week when have we talked about Paris Games Week before right yeah no I think you're right uh I I suspect that had a lot to do with it and they certainly made that a showcase part of the showcase which is uh hey here's a list of things that are exclusive to PlayStation and they had a big package that was just built around our exclusive titles. And it's a pretty compelling case. I mean, we'll get to that shortly. But uh, I, I think you might be onto something, Christian, with that timing for sure. Um, okay, so let's – so we saw the Sucker Punch game. Next up was a game that totally charmed me. And I'm curious what you think of it, Chelsea. It's called Concrete Genie. And it looked like this mashup of – um, artistic sort of street culture spray painting with like a children's book monster is your best friend thing going on. Yeah, that was so charming. I, 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 it was kind of this nice break in the whole, you know, extreme action of the whole event because you, you have this kid like drawing all these whimsical monsters and everything is kind of hyper colored and neon and everything he paints. And, uh, I think we learned a little bit more after on the after show part. And they were saying like it, you know, he was, he's escaping from bullying and his art. And so he's creating these companions to like hang out with him. Uh, and in these monsters that he draws. And so that's, I mean, it seems like really charming and cool. And, and it's, and it, I guess that you'll be drawing some yourself in the game. I don't know if it's, I don't know. how. Hopefully I won't be. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of like very badly drawn monsters with angry eyebrows. <laughs> well it seemed like you could i mean based on the quick quick images of the spray paint interface that they showed it looked like the ui had uh 
like components. Like you could, you know, your monster had this kind of mouth and this kind of eyes and put horns on it or ears on it or whatever. And so you can sort of piece it together and then it animates based on the sort of like spore yeah. or something, but for 2d, you know, hand drawn. I'm not stuff. entirely sure what those monsters will then do. Like if you, if you're using them to solve puzzles or you're using them to traverse the world or whatever, but I still think the concept just looks really charming and, and it's nice to see them like, like kind of, I don't, I can't think of another game like that where it's like, Oh, draw monsters that come to life. And doesn't it seem like Sony constantly is showing us stuff like that? Uh, a game, where, oh my god, I've literally never seen anything like that before. Uh, I, I love the fact that Sony does that. Um, I'm glad that they divert, devote um, resources and stage time to showcasing games that are so eclectic and interesting. Yeah, I mean, it. It rem- the be- the closest thing I could think of was a Media Molecule game. And I was like, well, that's another studio that Sony nurtured. And, and they helped them release really weird, unique IP that you've never seen any... I mean, like, think about a game like Tearaway, which is, like, nothing else out there. Agreed. Yeah, totally. Uh, and the next game that they showed, I think, falls in that category, too. They're really um, promoting this idea of their new PlayLink feature, which is a way to connect your Android or iOS device to your PlayStation 4 and use it as a controller so you and a number of your friends can all have their own devices as inputs uh, rather than than uh, dual shocks and there's already a couple of games released they just came out um there's like a i think a trivia game and and some other stuff but this new one that they showcased here uh at paris games week uh is called erica and it reminded me of like her story meets heavy rain uh it looked like you were making decisions uh, and it was all live action full motion video uh, with with real actors and actresses, uh, I don't know how the PlayLink interaction will work as far as multiple players. But what did you think of this, Chelsea? Does it look? It interesting looks kind to of you? interesting. I'm I'm like I wonder how much versatility you'll get from like full motion video. Like, if is it like oh you'll get two or three options every time, and it doesn't like how much will the story really branch? But it's really cool. PlayLink. Uh, they did actually release two other PlayLink games last week. One of those was Hidden Agenda, which is also from Supermassive. And I think that that game is really, I played it some and it's really interesting because it also gives you a branching narrative where you get to pick what happens in kind of like the Supermassive style of like where you get a lot of motion capture. So it looks real-ish, real-ish I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. It's a cool, it's a cool idea. And I, I like that Sony is investing in PlayLink. I'm not sure like how much of these games I'll play right now, but I, I love that they took the cue from Jackbox games almost. And, and was like, <laughs> Hey, this like everyone playing with their phones makes it so easy. Let's try to like invite more people to play. Yeah. Christian, did you have a take on this? Yeah, on, and they, what was the game they had for PS3 too, that came with like the buzzer? Um, I forget, it might have called Buzz for all I remember. I don't know, but like it was like four little things and you had your little, it's like a game show style game. And so there's been experimentation with this, you know, style, not this, not Erica per se, but like everybody has their own input and you're, you know, kind of competing. And I wonder if this thing is going to be kind of like, I've been to a few of the Telltale, you know, live play launch events. Where, right, yeah. And the way that works, you're just in the audience, right? And it's like, what do you want us to do? And everybody's like, hey, do A, no B. And then, you know, yeah. person on stage selects. But if this, if you and your friends have, you know, your your uh, phones and you're like, oh, 
just friends or slap them or leave and you, it kind of tallies that vote that could be interesting i also and i don't know yeah but that, doesn't that feel like it's 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 the game is who can do the most weird subversive thing to the characters on screen maybe i think that's less interesting than maybe let's all try to solve a mystery together yeah, i guess what's the dynamic of the people on the couch sorry yeah no that's exactly what i was gonna say it's like depends on who your friends are really like are your friends <laughs> the kind of people that <laughs> just roll I guess, over you <laughs> I guess I just revealed who my friends are. <laughs> but I think it could be interesting, too, if, like, each person is in charge of a character or something, right? Like, I'm yeah. Stacy, you're Erica, and Chelsea's Heather. Or so, you know, so we make our decisions on that, and we're trying to work together, um, seeing different aspects of the same crime or whatever it is. Regardless, it's, it makes me interested in something that I otherwise wouldn't be, like this style of play. Maybe I'd play with my parents or in-laws, but, like, when I have game time... That's not usually what I'm looking to do, but this type of version of it, uh, I think, could be fascinating. I think you've just written a like a really cool game proposal idea, by the way, Christian. Of like everyone controls the characters, probably not what Erica is about. So you should get on that right now and just make your own. Well, it's recorded, so it's copyrighted. Yeah, there you go. Good. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad for Stacy and Heather that they didn't get uh, title treatment. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are sequels. They're sequels. If they survive, uh, yeah, okay. if Erica can make it. Um, and then they they had actually some some main stage time for PlayStation VR, and they showed a package of all the games that were in the pre-show, as well as some others. And they ended that with a reveal of a new VR game coming from the Sony's London studio called Blood and Truth, which really to me looks a lot like what became of the heist. Yeah. The well, heist it, was the the yeah, it's place- the same studio. Go ahead. So yeah, right. Did you play that, Jeff? I loved it, yeah. But I mean, it's definitely you know like proof of concept, and this feels like oh, we took that and then made a whole game out of it. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed that cool concept, and they said before, and like both of those things were really much inspired by like the the London action movies, you know, like the more extreme versions of Snatch or anything like that, or like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And this is also given a lot a huge Hollywood treatment. And they were saying, and the again in the after show, which I'm glad I stuck around for that, like people in the office are able to do like they've done they've enabled so much move controller stuff that it you can get very creative like tossing your ammo in the air and catching it with your gun and loading like doing trick loads and things like that and just being very creative well and the yeah i know right in the london heist you were kind of stuck in a chair or behind a desk and uh this one allows you to move around and shoot and a lot more variety in the play style and i i i love action movies i love the cheesier and more over the top, the better. So just being able to play one, I'm all about it. I just hope that it doesn't seem like this is the case, but I hope that they have some support for the Farpoint gun controller because it's so good. And, <laughs> and you bought it. It's yeah. a bummer to me. And you I bought, bought it. it. You got to exactly. use it for more than one game. Yeah, it's such a bummer that it's really the best way to interact with PlayStation VR because those move controllers are just not made for this. They're not. And it's, I like um, I like PSVR, but the move controllers are like the least precise of all the motion controllers, I feel like. Yeah, actually, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I keep waiting for Sony to introduce new controllers and they don't. So it's a bit of a bummer. Uh, and then they went into um, some games we know about, but they added new uh things that we didn't know about to them. Far Cry 5, which is coming in February, end of February, is getting a co-op, full co-op, which looks insanely fun. Which, like, we knew, right? We but knew, they just yeah. didn't. Everybody was like, there's all these characters on screen, and we were like, we can play this co-op, right? And they were like, 
baby. Wink, wink. <laughs> be pretty cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, but yes, it does look. I mean, just like shots of two players both in giant tiller tractors. <laughs> it's like okay, that that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, and then Destiny 2's first expansion, which another one we everybody sort of knew because there'd been like data mining in the files and stuff, uh, is official Curse of Osiris, and it's coming out the beginning of December, which too soon, too soon. But okay, 2017 well, give, needs to give. Sorry, Christian needs to give us a break though. No, go ahead. I'm just saying, like this year, right. I'm <laughs> yeah. not ready for a Destiny expansion. I just need to play like 15 other games, what? maybe. <laughs> Lay off 2017. I, I feel like my my gut, and maybe I don't think there's been information confirming one way or the other, so I'll just go out <laughs> on a limb. My gut is there's no way there's a raid in this expansion, kind of like the first, was it the first one for vanilla also didn't have one, or maybe the second? I, don't, I, I feel like this is really quick turnaround for them to have another raid, and that makes me a little sad. I wish, like, I, like you said, Chelsea, I don't need another game right now, because there's also Horizon Zero Dawn expansion coming out, what, December 15th or something like that? Like... Yeah. Very soon, so it's like I love Destiny. Frozen Wilds. Yeah, yeah. but I, I could do with uh, this coming out in February, but maybe not because maybe February is every other game too. So I don't I don't know when we breathe anymore. <laughs> we don't. No breathing allowed. Uh, speaking of which, Monster Hunter World got a sick new trailer. Uh, just looked so good. If you're a Monster Hunter I fan, uh, and you get to play as Aloy exclusively to the PlayStation version. version. Yeah, I can't talk about it a ton because uh, the embargo's not up, but I actually went to Osaka two weeks ago and played 14 hours of Monster Hunter World. I can tell oh you my. overall thumbs up, pretty cool. So, so Yeah, I bet. Oh, yeah, that's but exciting. It, Great, just what I need. I know. <laughs> hey, it comes out, comes out January 28th. Maybe it's out of, it's out of 2017 at least, but... My backlog will be clear by then, <laughs> no, I'm sure. No. Yeah. <laughs> But man, that yeah, that like, I'm not surprised with the PlayStation tie-in, but that game just looks really fun and beautiful. I think it's pretty cool that you get to play as Aloy. Actually, I, I that's I didn't think I would geek out that hard for something like but that. I mean, but yeah, I did. she is tech, like, oh, she's hunting really robot cool. dinosaurs. She's a, a monster hunter in her own right. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then they showed a new game called Onrush, which is a racing game that looks crazy and over the top. Um, with uh, all kinds of different types of vehicles, motorcycles and dune buggies and stuff. And they're all zipping around, flopping into one another craziness. Um, and then we got a new Spider-Man trailer, guys. And this one is – we had talked a lot at E3 questioning what, what's the Peter Parker aspect of it. They showed Spider-Man. They hadn't shown Peter. You know, what are all the sort of – What's the other half of his life going to be like in the game? And this trailer really seemed to focus a lot on that. We saw Peter Parker. We saw Miles Morales. We saw Mary Jane Watson. I I think this is my most anticipated game right now. I I, I just think this looks so good. I'm such a huge fanboy for Spider-Man. Ah, I want this game so badly. That trailer was amazing. Oh, yeah, I, I it's so it's going to be so beautiful. I I mean, like I'm really. I don't, I'm not a huge Spider-Man devotee, so you'll have to, I don't know who the villains are. I don't, I'm like not super familiar with them, but it just like, the action looks amazing. The, the, like, I I kind of the cool stuff that Insomniac is doing with all the environments and all the traversal and all the ways that you can interact with enemies and like, oh, it looks really cool. Just like so much contextual stuff is available to you when you're fighting. I'm, I'm really ready for this. 
I suspect they're holding back a lot of villains and that you'll start to see as a game gets closer to release villains that you recognize. Uh, right now, I think they're, they're showing the, the B and C team uh, just to have stuff to hold back. But I, I suspect we're going to get more of the A-level uh, Spider-Man villains in this game eventually. Yeah, well, this trailer gave a shocker and a heavily implied Green Goblin, right? Um, I yeah. think we're going to see some of those mainstays. I It's a type of thing where... I very much trust insomniac to nail the combat and the movement and the gameplay feel but at this point it's like please 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 nail it because everything else about the game looks great i'm oh it's got to play well in my hands right like that's that's the last thing now because it looks so awesome and spider-man's moves look so fluid and the way he's linking things together and kind of bouncing around and like chelsea said using the environment it's just I, I never want to put pressure on people that are working too hard already, but oh my goodness, please let this game deliver on the promise. It looks so good. I feel um, like Sunset, Sunset Overdrive, though, like kind of really gave me this idea of how they could handle movement. Like they did, that game was so all about being able to do creative stuff and, and never touch the ground and, and flow kind of seamlessly across across weird environments. So I'm, I'm feeling kind of positive in, in that respect, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Sunset Overdrive was Spider-Man if Spider-Man was a total D-bag. But Spider-Man adds indoor environments, <laughs> which is the difference, right? It's it's how much inside are you doing? Are you be- or maybe everything has vaulted ceilings, and <laughs> you know, so you have that <laughs> freedom to move. All ceilings are vaulted. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, I have to admit, guys, uh, watching the presentation from Paris, I turned away when the new Detroit trailer came on because i think i've officially seen too much of this game detroit and any um any uh david cage david cage game thank you is all about story it's all about conveying a story and at this point i just i don't even want to see any more stuff i don't want to see that there are new different characters with different lives that i will inhabit (laughs) i just want to play it i just want to play it uh did you guys watch the trailer trailer. i mean i was i was like oh wait that's not the same guy and then you kind of get a tiny vignette about um an android we think she's like a housekeeper nanny to a a young girl and there's like clearly some very tense situation violence in the house and like her memory was wiped for some reason it seems like okay i'm not necessarily always on board with what david cage is selling but i i'm intrigued by the the concepts like i i i think androids and and you know the the concept of personhood is so cool and and like a really good device for storytelling that I'm interested, but yeah, it, they were really playing into the choices in that trailer that you could have. And it kind of showed the various ways that your story could end with that, that one vignette. Yeah. I love David Cage games. I'm all, I'm on board for this, have been on board for this. And you're right. It's such a, of the now topic that, you know, is interesting. I'm, I I can't wait for this game. Christian, are you, you liked Heavy Rain and Beyond, right? I really liked Heavy Rain Beyond. I kind of petered out on. I thought the combat focus wasn't handled well. It's like around when that game came out, we had so many great third-person combat games, and I felt like um, Beyond kind of lost itself uh, between its two souls, maybe. Um, I'm intrigued by this game. I feel like every time we see this game, it looks different, though. Like I'm not. I'm sure all these storylines. That's why I want to stop seeing it. Yeah, it's like yeah. Don't show me that it keeps being a completely different game. I don't, I, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, in fact, I would say do what the next game did, which was God of War. They released a trailer that I think – it was another one where I was like, oh, please don't show me too much. Please don't show me too much. But it was just, it was just a tease. It's a teeny tease. And I'm so on board for this God of War, which as a new father of a son, I'm sure I'm going to cry my eyes out when I play it. That part in the trailer um, where they looked at the camera and they said – this is for you, Jeff. And then, like, he <laughs> killed some bad guys and protected his son. That got me even, you know? I was very surprised by that part, but, <laughs> I, you know, it was cool. Yeah, when he's, yeah, the, just the interaction with I, the kids. I wanted about, a little uh, more. Uh, I wanted a little more because I was like, that was really brief. You see this this cool scene and this cool setup, and then you're like, oh, wait, we're, we're already done? I don't know. No, that's good. That's good. Hold back. Let me experience it for the first time when I play it. Uh, cause I think that game is just going to be so linear and such a story. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to dive in without knowing anymore. Well, they've said no cuts, right? Like once the game starts, you just keep playing. The camera never cuts away. Like what they're doing for this game, its ambitions are huge, especially they've said too that combat is going to be, you know, a bigger part of it. It won't be traditional God of War combat, but it will feel good and like the stuff they've even shown. And if like they're able to nail that, no, it's going to be, Whatever, whenever it gets an official release date, like I'm telling my wife, like, hi, uh, hi, girls, hi, wife, uh, dad's got to go to work <laughs> and I'll be gone for 18 to 24 hours or whatever. I'll stop at the next cut scene, babe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's no cuts. <laughs> um, another great new trailer for Shadow of the Colossus, the remake that they're doing looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So pretty. Yeah. Just the f- the fur on the back of that creature that I know didn't have fur before. <laughs> now it does. I was like looking uh, at the, the horse's mane and tail because I was like, whoa, they just like, I don't know, the small details on that looked really nice in that game. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to do this again. Totally. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Chelsea referenced it at the beginning because it really was the bring the house down. And by down, I mean depressed. <laughs> uh, uncomfortable. The Last of Us 2. I said feeling uncomfortable about... That woof. Yeah. Okay, so we didn't get an, a, a, any indication of what the game was. House lights go down. We hear lightning and thunder. And then a scene of unspeakable horror. I mean, it is disturbing on every level. Hatchets to the face. People being hanged alive. The desperation and chaos. Demon references. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle Last of Us 2. I don't even know if no. I want to play that. It's just so yeah, dark. Yeah, like, I don't know. There's already enough bad stuff in the world right now that that I don't know if we necessarily need something that is that dark and depressing and 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 really hyper-violent. Like, whoa, I didn't expect bad stuff in, in this world. I was watching the news this morning, and they were showing me pictures of kids' Halloween costumes. That's the biggest story oh, right now, right? the biggest story the, of the day. That's right. The news I'm watching. Ooh. Hamburger emojis. Uh, Christian, you are, uh, I think Last of Us is your favorite game of all time. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's up there. Yeah. Any given day. It's, it's my favorite of all time. Yeah. Holds a special okay. place. So today's the given day. We got to Last of Us 2. You've been very excited for it. Uh, Naughty Dog fanboy. What do you think of this trailer, man? This is this is dark. This is We don't see any Ellie. We don't see any... Uh, Joel. What's his name? Beardman? Joel. Joel Beardman. Yeah, Joel Beardman. Um, um, what, what, what do you think, man? What's, what's your take? So before I get into the brutality, I want to talk about the technical brilliance of the graphic engine or, or what they showed, like where the woman, um, 
the who's gets hung or whatever like when they have her on the ground and she stands up like her nose like the cartilage in her nose bends right as it like scrapes against the ground the level of animation going on in those faces and as they're walking and their feet are actually like crunching into the leaves and it might have been a pre-rendered cutscene, but still just graphically stunning which i think also made this harder to stomach um i imagine i'm going to love this game but i feel like this trailer unfortunately it didn't earn the brutality right like there was no setup for this for why we were invested in any of these characters so what we were shown was akin to torture porn where like i didn't care about i don't i don't know any of these characters i don't care about them i'm not emotionally invested in any of them and i'm watching them be tortured brutally tortured uh in a way that i'm like who am i rooting for who are the good guys who are the bad guys why is this happening like you know horrible things happen in this world but when you're invested in a thing or you've been along on a journey which i'm i'm assuming last of us 2 will have in spades that stuff pays off and you're able to tolerate it because you're going along with them but this almost felt like if they released a trailer for the last of us one and it was the end of the prologue of joel sitting there with sarah and it's just like intense right here's a kick to the nuts i'm i mean it was stunning and beautiful but i just without context i feel like that's why it's a little bit of a misfire because it's just it it seems like brutality for brutality's sake and i'm I'm not a fan of that i I think you said that really well i mean do you i i feel like it would have been even weirder right if jolo or ellie had showed up in that trailer like it was it wouldn't have it still wouldn't have made it earned right no not at all not at all yeah yeah i i just don't know i'm at this point now I don't know if I want to put myself through that, especially, and we're we're going to get to Mario, I promise, but especially playing so much Mario this week, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's kind of nice to feel good playing a video game instead of feeling bleak and horrible and dark. I don't know. We'll get to a, I tweeted this out, but like my tweet was the intro to, the opening to Wolfenstein 2 and The Last of Us 2's new trailer are having a hold my beer contest over brutality. Like it's just, I would literally just kind of finish playing some Wolfenstein 2 and I was like, well, I guess I'll dive into Paris Games Week before we do deal. Oh my God. (laughs) What what did I do? And I'm like, where's my Switch? Babe, bring me my Switch. (laughs) Yeah, I need to throw a hat onto something (laughs) quickly. Um, Wait, now I'm dominating an entire species of stretchy caterpillars? There's nothing just in this world! (laughs) Fear not, we will get to bright and colorful Mario, as well as Assassin's Creed and Wolfenstein and so much more. Uh, We also have more news to get to, but I do need to thank our first sponsor, which is Squarespace. I'm sure you've heard me talk about Squarespace. I've been using Squarespace for over a decade now. My own website, jeffcanada.com, is housed on Squarespace, designed on Squarespace. It really is the best place to do anything. If you want to make your next move, if you want to be on the web for any reason at all, I always suggest Squarespace. I suggest it to my loved ones and family members because it's the easiest way to do it. You don't have to have any coding experience. All you do is you log on to Squarespace, you uh, you grab one of their award-winning templates and you start from there and then you can start messing with stuff and make it your own. So it looks like your own website, doesn't look like any other website. And it's so easy. It's just drag and drop, move stuff around, slide stuff, drop stuff in. What you see is what you get. And then when you're done and you like it, that is when they ask for your credit card. Not before, not before that moment when you when you really actually like what you're making. 
It's so great. Squarespace has built-in search engine optimization. They have free and secure hosting. You never have to download a patch or upgrade anything ever. It's all handled for you behind the scenes. They have 24-7 award-winning customer support, powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything you want online. It's got everything. Customization, optimization for mobile right out of the box. It's really the best solution to create anything online. Best best of all, if you go to squarespace.com right now and put in our promo code, which is Jeff sent me at checkout, all you got to do is do that and you get 10% off your final order. Jeff sent me, all one word, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E at squarespace.com. I don't even think you need to go to squarespace.com slash DLC anymore. I was looking for that. I don't think that's even needed. All you got to do is that promo code. Jeff sent me at checkout. You get 10% off and you show support for this show as well. So check it out. Make it beautiful. Make it. Make it yourself. It's so easy. Squarespace.com and the promo code Jeff sent me. All right, so um, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode because we're probably not going to do more than just talk about the news and talk about games we've been playing because there's so much there. But, I, you know, if, if you're coming to us, a lot of people use us as their way to catch up on an entire week's worth of news. There was a lot to talk about with Sony's Paris Game Week presentation, and I wanted to give that its full time. But that's not all the news that happened this week. So, Christian, what would you consider to be Above and beyond Paris Game Week, or in addition to Paris Game Week, what was your story of the week? I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I'll encourage people to read about it because it gets technical on some level. But I like what's happening, and the Olympic Committee has laid out expectations for esports inclusions and inclusion in the Olympics. And part of it was that they want a governing federation um, for like the IOC to work with and to kind of have a central body of esport gaming, which I really like. I'm really in favor of, I think, what keeps it from catching on, and I understand the business realities of why it's fractured, but something that keeps it from really catching on is that we call it esports um, as like an umbrella term over the whole thing, but there are 10 different leagues, you know, 14 different games, not one unified place to go and watch or consume this stuff. Um, different rules for how you enter, how teams are made, and how people come in and out of teams. So I really think adding some structure to whatever gets accepted into the Olympics is a really smart first way to handle things. The IOC and the Olympics, they do a lot wrong. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. They're not the best governing board. But I think what they're trying to do here is is forward thinking and hopefully a way that makes esports a, a long time included event of the olympics and other parts they talked about were like violence and killing like how do we how do you have an olympic sport of like h1z1 or you know or or something like that that's the most pertinent part to me it it, because i can't think of a single esport that doesn't include that right i mean there i guess you could do some nintendo games perhaps but uh the stuff that's really the most prominent is MOBAs is first-person shooters. I mean, even cartoony Overwatch is people with guns shooting each other and explosions going off. And they specifically cite explosions and and killing as something that doesn't doesn't fit into the ideals of the Olympic values structure. And I don't know how you get around that. I don't know if we create – I think creating specific video games for the Olympics is a bad move – 
And I think Mario, that if Mario you take Sonic, you already have the game, Jeff. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you play Mario, right. at Mario and Sonic Olympics. at the Olympics. At the Olympics. <laughs> uh, very meta. Very meta. I love it. Uh, Twitch um, chat is saying Rocket League, and that's a great example. I think MOBAs could work yeah. too. I don't, Chelsea. Do you think that are, like, is maybe... like heroes too violent? Yeah, it's a little. I mean, I still think it's like you're shooting and dying. I was like, maybe Super Smash Brothers, and then we can only use the flower or something really. <laughs> <laughs> Just only use the very, very like silly items. That's it. Rocket League seems like such an odd choice. It's like the only game in the Olympics so is this though. crazy like cars flipping. You know, it's, people are like, I'm gonna watch figure skating, and then I'm gonna watch. This insane, not based in any reality idea of cars flipping around. I mean, I guess that makes more sense than a MOBA, though. I mean, why are these poor soldiers just marching to their death? <laughs> Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. League, yeah, Rocket League is actually really easy to follow, too, because it's like goals and, yeah. and you know, obviously marked teams and all that stuff. I don't know. I think that could actually work. That's a nice, smart idea. The the positive part of their statement from the IOC was that um, competitive esports could be considered a sporting activity, and the players involved prepare and train with an intensity which may be comparable to athletes in traditional sports. So hey, they get it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't think we need to spend tons more time on it unless Chelsea, you have something else you want to add in. But I think it's interesting they're working on it and doing it thoughtfully because I think oftentimes new Olympic sports come in and like, hey, this is popular. Let's get it in there. And then they're like, oh, this doesn't work. Or they have sports that have been in it forever that have a strong IOC lobby. And you're like, why is this a sport? But X isn't or whatever. And hopefully this means that esports will be around for a very long time and further legitimize video games, even though I hate the term esport, just call it competitive gaming. Um, But I like it. Well, we can all agree, like, making a game for the Olympics is a bad idea, right? It has to be games that people are already playing. Don't you think? Yeah, I think I think that would be, uh, be weird. I mean... Yeah, it's yes or no. I mean, I think if someone... I'd always joke, Amanda and I always joke every four years, we say that we're going to write a song that is just clearly the song that NBC plays at the Olympics. You know, there's always, like, one song. It's like, you're going to go for the gold and do you... It's like some pop song that's always, like, perfectly timed. So, I don't know. I think if there's money in it, imagine if um, any, like, you know, Valve or... Um, why am I blanking on uh, League's companies? Riot. Thank right. you. Or if Riot, yeah. you know, they could do it, or maybe the Olympic version of it, the Olympic skin or something like that, and that becomes the standard esport version. They have Olympic skin, Dota, I like that. Wait, no, they could just reskin uh Dota or League of Legends with the all the Olympic mascots over the years. <laughs> that poor it's London twenty twelve one though is yeah, gonna... <laughs> they all look pretty whack, I gotta say. Uh, that would be a horror show on a completely different level. But there's there's some, <laughs> there's some precedent for you know custom versions, custom maps of competitive games, and uh, you know the, the maps are going to be played this way or what the loadouts are and stuff like that. So maybe that's the that's the answer. It's a game that you've playing in the systems you know, but you know the blood is gone yeah. or something. Yeah, it's a, a series of people holding trumpets that shoot heart projectiles at or each other paint or it's splatoon right <laughs> splatoon the moba yeah. you know it can it's counter-strike but with a paintball skin it just seems so bizarre <laughs> and also we don't call them care terrorists or counter terrorists right no it's competitors from uh various countries it's team, the world. It's team usa versus you know team south korea is what you call them oh boy all right well we'll move off of that um this is really interesting stories this week uh i have to say 
The one I want to talk about, I won't, we'll get to a couple. Actually, let's just put a couple under the same umbrella and I'll cheat as I usually do with story of the week and put a couple of Nintendo stories under the same umbrella. Uh, firstly, uh, Chelsea, I think you put this story in here. The, uh, the idea that it looks as if the, the switch will outsell the Wii U in just its first year. So this is pretty clear indication that Nintendo righted the ship and whatever they did wrong with Wii U, they went whoopsie and they, the switch is back to being a, a big seller. Uh, Nintendo says it will sell 14 million switch units by the end of the fiscal year, which ends in March, uh, at the end of March. So, uh, kudos to Nintendo, um, erasing the Wii U from everybody's collective memory and writing the ship, right? Yeah. Totally. I mean, and they've already sold 8 million units. So it's already, we're already extremely high on that number. It's done really well for them. Um, I, I would say the only, the only thing about that is like all those good Wii U games. There are, I think there were a bunch. They, I hope that they all end up getting switched ports because it seems like that will be the audience that actually gets to be able to play those games. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be like, hey, we put a lot of money into the development of these things and all we got to do is like go bloop, bloop, bloop. And now they're out on Switch. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> Tropical Freeze, Bayonetta, uh, Mario 3D World, which it might seem anticlimactic no. after Odyssey, but there's so many. There's but so no, many. But Mario 3D World is a different kind of good Mario because I love I love the levels and uh, oh, that was like probably one of my top Mario games, honestly. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and you could actually have uh, Mario Maker with real you know multi touch editing tools on the the Switch surface. I think that'd be rad. Yeah. yeah. I don't do know. It, do it, Nintendo. Easy money. Uh, this is neither. This doesn't fit anywhere in the show, so I'll just say it here. I don't know. I'm so curious what Nintendo's 2018 is because they they righted the ship, right? Like, like they need to launch with good games, and they're like, okay. And we were like, yeah, what else? There's. I don't think Metroid makes 2018. Maybe a Donkey Kong. I, I'm so curious what 2018 is. Yeah, I, I think. I just want to point out that is the second time in the same episode that you used the machine gun sound no, effect it, with your voice. It might sound like a machine gun, but I'm, it's, a, it's an unfurling. It's the, <laughs> the rolling uh, out the carpet. Either way, <laughs> you, you, you used it twice already in, in one episode. I did? Just, uh, How many is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it, it helps uh, to sell uh, 14 million cop, uh, copies of a console when you have two masterpieces in one yeah. calendar year. Yeah. Next year we have unnamed Kirby. Oh no, Kirby has a name, but Yoshi doesn't have a name. So right, mm. <laughs> and and we know that there's a, a Metroid nebulously coming. No, that is definitely not next. I will eat any hat, not my hat necessarily, but I like it's. I do not believe that that game is coming next year at all. If it happens, I will take you up on that pretend. hat. I will not eat a hat if it does, but I will send you a hat if it does. Right. <laughs> I want to know why your hat is particularly distasteful to you. <laughs> I don't know. You eat anybody's hat but your own. It's very precious, man. Maybe I spent a lot of money oh. on that hat. Oh, you like your hat. I get that. Okay. <laughs> I thought there was something about your hat that was not edible. Um. <laughs> you know from the edible hats out there. Right. Um, also, the other Nintendo story that I'll, I'll just clomp onto this is uh, Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct this week announcing a new Animal Crossing for Switch. Nope, not for Switch, uh, for mobile. It, we knew a, a mobile Animal Crossing was coming. It was originally actually supposed to come last year, got delayed. Uh, but now we know deets, the deets about the new Animal Crossing for mobile. It's called Pocket Camp. You'll be running your camp. And you'll be attracting other characters to your camp by building stuff. How do you build stuff? 
microtransactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a free-to-play game that's going to have you uh, making things, taking care of your own camper. you got your own uh, mobile camper there that uh, you can make look fancy. Um, multiplayer with uh, ID exchanges to get players to come check out your camp and your camper. Um, it's coming out. In what did they say? November? Yeah, soon. It's very November. Soon. Yeah. It's already out in Australia. Actually, if you are sneaky, you can just uh, get on the Australian App Store. But that's only because Australia is legit in the future. Yeah, like, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are you, are you an Animal Crossing fan, Chelsea? I, 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 New Leaf was my first Animal Crossing, and I was like, oh, I really do enjoy this game. It's something. There's something totally soothing, weirdly, about picking a lot of fruit and catching bugs and and building up your own home and all that. But it's it's a, like a very charming, soothing game. And especially when you're just like, I need a break from something. I need something I can play for 20 minutes. Animal Crossing is so good for that. It's it's really fun. Um, now, 20 minutes is uh, two minutes while you're standing in line at the grocery store. Exactly. Right? exactly. <laughs> and I, I will say from what I've seen, I think we streamed like an hour of uh, us playing an Australian version last week. And it looks just like an Animal Crossing game. Like all the features of like picking fruit, catching bugs, uh, fishing, all those things, you like you, they're in there. So I, I will see well, TBD, like TBD, on how insidious those microtransactions are. But I'm interested for sure. That's probably something I will play a lot on my mobile phone. Christian, are you an Animal Crossing fan? I was on the on whatever it was DS. And I got the we actually got the little voice box to play like with other family members that had it on the Wii, but I, I've fallen off hard. This And this version of it doesn't interest me. I'm not a phone gamer for better or worse. There's like a few that I play and a few that I'm like interested in checking out more, but like for whatever reason, this one does not catch my attention, no. Yeah, me neither. Um, I probably will check it out because it's free to download, but I just, I, I never was an Animal Crossing guy. And I understand the joy of it. I understand having your little diorama world that you make your own and you have little relationships. But for some reason, the art style never intrigued me. And I don't know. I just never clicked. Never clicked. Um, but interesting that it's coming out very soon. All right. Um, there's other stories, but let's get to the meat of the stuff because, I mean, there's so many good games to talk about. So let's get. Right now, to story of the or no, that's not the word I'm gonna say. Let's get right now to the playlist. It is certifiably impossible to play everything that is good right now because there is so much good. But let's start because all of us have been playing Mario Odyssey. Let's start there. Uh, Mario Odyssey getting crazy intense high scores across the the world. Uh, Chelsea, are you loving Mario Odyssey? Yeah, I am absolutely loving Mario Odyssey. And I actually we talked about like joyful things. I we did a uh, kind of comparison piece on Polygon of like what you should play first, and we all put our opinions in. And I defended Mario Odyssey. I mean, it's easy to defend, but sure. But I was like, this is it's time for a fun game that like makes you feel happy the whole time you're playing it because you're you're kind of laughing and smiling as you capture everything and it's so weird and bizarre Uh, yeah i mean like i love this game it's so fun yeah i I think there's a lot to dig into there because i want to i want to pinpoint exactly why it is so joyous and so fun and i also want to highlight how different it is from any other mario game that's come before it because it really is a huge departure you know a, a lot of people are are comparing it to Zelda 
in how Nintendo has completely reinvented these two franchises. And I suspected on a, when I played early uh, access, op, you know, um, events uh, with Odyssey, I expected it to be as open worldy as as Zelda because it kind of felt like that when you're in a specific kingdom. But it really isn't. It's much more linear than Zelda is, and and yet it does feel like a big reinvention of the franchise. So. Can you talk about that stuff? Like what, what is the, the specific points of joy for you and, and how different does it feel from old Mario's? I, I mean, it, it is interesting going back to that point. It doesn't, fe- it does feel different than old Mario's because I feel like collectibles took a big focus in this game more, you know, more than any other game, because especially you have two different types of currency. You also have the power moons and, and like there's definitely just so many activities in a given world or kingdom, I should say, that you can do and and experience that it feels like they're just trying to jam in a lot of different ideas and they're all really interesting and weird. Um, and that's what makes it kind of, I think that's what kind of like brings in the joy where you're like, oh, let me try this thing and or enter this door. And you were like, a lot of times greeted with a surprise. You're like, oh, that doesn't feel like a thing in a Mario game. You're like, um, maybe... I'm like some of the ideas, especially in New Donk City. I'm not trying to get too spoilery, but there's like a lot of small, like small things you play, you know, where you're like, oh, I'm going to race an RC car or now I'm going to enter this, this really elaborate section of 2D Mario or things like that where you're just like, oh, this, like a lot of ideas layered on top of each other. And that's what makes it really um, satisfying. But yeah, very collectible heavy. Yeah. And, and yet they seem to have completely uh, de-emphasized coins. I mean, my whole life in Mario was, I, if I see a coin, I got to grab it. I can't go by without grabbing it. Now you miss a coin, go into a door, come out of a door. All the coins are back. It's no big deal. There's coins. Oh, there's always coins. There's coins are everywhere. Coins everywhere. Uh, and I still I have to fight that, that feeling of like, oh, I got to go back <laughs> and collect all those coins. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about coins. Um, but you're right. It's collectible heavy. It's much denser a world and it's full of this discovery. It's not about getting from point A to point B anymore. It's about finding the little nooks and crannies that are waiting for you and and have some kind of little surprise, little bit of magic that you didn't expect find there. But the ways that I've played Mario before my whole life, which is like bop on the head of things mostly – I'm almost never bopping on the head of things as Mario. Uh, the cap activities, the cap maneuvering, using your cap as a weapon, using your cap to possess things, it is a hundred percent changed the game. I mean, it really is not like any other Mario in the sense that the way I think about the problem in front of me isn't the way I used to think about it. It's now like, what thing can I become to get rid of, to, to get past that or, how can I uh, – I mean I'm, I'm playing as Mario in large stretches, but for the most part, it's like what can I jump into and how long can I stay in that thing and how far can I go in that new creature with its cool new ability? It's it, – I think it's a completely different mental place that I am It's almost – yeah, it almost makes it like a Metroidvania in that way where you're like, well, I see this thing that I can't access now, but if I figure out something that I capture, then I can probably go back and access it then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there are there's so many moments of pure surprise. I, I don't I mean I guess there's surprise in all Mario games to a certain extent, but 
thing, you know, falling down an infinite chasm and then realizing that, oh my gosh, that's a whole nother level that I just fell into. I did, you know, the, in the, the woodland kingdom, there's a moment like that. Or the moment, the first time that I was wearing a Mario costume that I purchased and then jumped through a, a, um, pipe into the 8-bit Mario world and my 8-bit Mario was still wearing the costume, mm-hmm. I was like, come on, that's awesome. I love that. Over and over and over again, again, this game just uh, dazzles me with its its fun surprises and its attention to detail. Yeah, it's, it's, it's thoughtful. You know, it's like, okay, would someone be expecting this? Like, what what's another way that we can delight someone as they are, like, journeying through this world? You know, like, what... What else can we throw at them? And it not it's it still doesn't feel like I never feel overwhelmed. I just feel like I'm enjoying taking my time and finding every little nugget in there. Yeah, and every time you go around a corner, if you think if you think there should be something waiting for you, there will be. Mm-hmm. Every every time. If if there there's going to be a nugget waiting for you, if you find a way to go that you didn't think, ooh, look, I didn't notice that there was a way to go over here, there's gonna be something waiting for you that way. It is that dense. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna get out my uh, my one nit, uh, and then I'll just heap the praise. My my one nit, and I'm not sure how big it is, um, but it is the motion control reliant. We talked about it. Uh, and I agree. The, the hands on demo, uh, kind of how they were like, you should try that. And we were like, no, 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 I got this. So I played most of this game flying to and from Houston uh, to go to the World Series. Uh, humble brag, yay! Um, and I'm playing because they needed you to be a pinch hitter. <laughs> At some point, they're going to need me to pitch the way that both teams have been going through these bullpens. <laughs> um, I'm a lefty. I can get in there. Uh, so I'm playing, you know, handheld mode or whatever I, on a plane with the little kickstand and holding the things. It's not it's not a great experience. And there's there's been only one move so far that I haven't been able to figure out how to do just with controls. But, you know, it tells you up front every time you load the game. It's like, hey, play separate. You know, hold them in your hand. It's the way to go. It's like that chick at, at E3 that was standing next to me like, hey, just – I like well at least I won't have that at home. No, no, no. Nintendo ships that with every console. It's just the boot screen. Yeah. Um and, and it 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 bothers me that there's not a way to replicate that uh with the buttons. And a lot of the moves you can. I don't know if all of them you can. Um and I don't think even with the added precision of the switch controllers over like the first Wii um nunchucks, I don't think that that stuff having toyed around with it at home is super precise either. It's not um exact doesn't it's not the same as pushing a button and i get that this game has complex i'm using air quotes controls like you're doing a lot more with mario than you've ever done before but i do i feel like it's a misstep uh to force or rely on motion controls and not and not give me the option uh to do more so but before you guys comment on that i don't want to seem like oh christian is just the negative one um so I'll let you comment. But well, I agree with that. Yes, I agree with that. I, I, it's definitely a big nit for me as well. It, it seems like a strange over reliance on that and and a f- forcing players to play a very specific way when the whole point of the Switch as a console is like play it however you want. We got all these crazy things, and I, I've been playing a lot on um, on the using the Pro controller, which I find to be really good, and holding in my hand with it uh, with both. Joy Cons attached to the side of the screen, which I find to be really good. But yeah, I mean, there are things you can't do. You can't throw Cappy up or down unless you use motion control, and there are other things you can't do as well. And that's, I think, ridiculous. Yeah, so it's 
Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm saying it's super limiting. And I, I played it some in handheld and I was kind of disappointed. And then I, I started to play with the pro control when I was just sitting, uh, like sitting down and I was just like, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go back to the motion controls and it, it, they feel good, but maybe that's not like, it's like, yes, I am, I'm going to compliment how nice they feel, but at the same time, I'm like, I wish I didn't have to use these. So wait, Chelsea, you, you've been mostly playing it with the way that they suggest I, at the mostly, beginning. Yes, the the on the back of the tin, I suppose. Like that's how <laughs> I've been playing it, and I enjoy it. But it's yeah, I I mean, like I I would appreciate the precision of the pro controller more. But I was like, I kind of gave up quickly and was like, well, I'd rather be able to do the extra stuff. And like, it's so much easier to do that that full cap spin, the three sixty one, yeah. with just the like, it's a lot easier to swipe like flip both your hands than trying to flip a whole pro controller which is a pain in the ass but are you when you throw your hat out are you flicking your wrist are you pushing one no i think i've started to flick my wrist it's changed it's changed me (laughs) (laughs) i am so stubborn i have just refused to try it like that but maybe i should maybe i should just give in and do it the way nintendo wants me to so with with that stuff said it's a nit and so don't think that this is just negative christian this game is incredible it is worth buying a Switch for if you can find but a you, Switch. You already said you hate it. And, shut up. If you can find the <laughs> Switch and you have money, get 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 a Switch. Get this game. It is so joy-inducing. It is mind-blowing in all the best ways. They're constantly one-upping themselves with new and creative ways to explore a world. Um, I think, Jeff, what you're saying, like, what? how is this so fundamentally different as a Mario game? Traditionally, in the 3D era of Mario games, they introduce one or two new mechanics, right? Like, it's usually tied to a suit, even the 2D Marios. Like, three, you got the Kanuki suit, and then you got the cat suit in 3D Land. And, you know, there's subtle changes, but it's usually like a couple of mechanics. In Odyssey... Well, Mario Galaxy says hi, but go ahead. I, I would I would wager that Mario Galaxy the new mechanic that it added was the spherical worlds and how you're interacting with those. It had its bonus stages that were unique and off, but those were kind of their own thing. I feel like this game, every kingdom is unique, but not only that, every new creature that you capture, there's usually a handful, you know, anywhere from three to six different enemy types that you can capture to interact with on these worlds changes the script again and how you're trying to figure out these i'll call puzzles in order to get these moonshines moonshines i don't know the moon bits whatever moonshine get <laughs> moonshine this would be a little different get them drunk uh <laughs> um and, and it's constantly reinventing gameplay like you said you're not just jumping on heads you're doing things very differently and it has a little bit of that um metroidvania like chelsea said and even i think people might get on me for this but a little bit of that dark souls of like i can't get here i can't do this thing because i don't have the right how am i gonna get through this environment um just kind of puzzle mechanic to it and it's just it's brilliant on every on every turn and it also it's friendly enough that you don't need to get all 60 moon shines i'm gonna keep calling them that Moon bits on every level in order to you just say moons moons in order to complete the game right like you're able to just to fill up your little ship and kind of go and progress and see all of the kingdoms and I th- that actually bothers me a little bit that I don't know how many of total I have gotten. What you do you, you just know, pull cause... up your menu, which is also brilliant that your the menu is this trifold like. A placemat menu restaurant that's like interactive and it's ah uh, every it's like what you get when you walk into Disneyland mm, they hand you the little yeah you know. every little touch is 
I mean, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. I love the map. And then like Cappy is holding the map at one point and like hands it to you and it feels like a real object. It's so cool. Yeah. 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 And, and costuming Mario is a delight. Uh, it's, it's strange how much joy I'd take in like Mario as cosplayer, uh, in his own universe. Any other console, you'd be paying microtransactions for that stuff. And this has made it, you know, it's made the world more rich by, uh, you're collecting the coins, the unique coins on the planet. Every other game, it would be like baby steps, baby steps to microtransactions. I hope not. Yeah, you still gotta tap your amiibo to get some of those costumes. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's just that's just Nintendo being slow. They're like, oh wait, we can do this without selling you a physical thing. Oh, we'll get on that in like (laughs) a year or two. Shut up, shut up, both of you, shut up. Don't give them in case they don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) No, they they know. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. Have either of you played yet with? Uh, co-op mode. No. I have not. Okay, I did it with my wife. Uh, my wife, not a huge gamer, but she loves Mario, and so we, I, she agreed to sit down. We were going to play some some co-op uh, Odyssey. Hey, Jeff, and we we're going to do it. Our son's asleep. Yeah. What do you want to do? Oh, great, babe! Here, <laughs> you hold yeah, this. That's what I do. You get to play as the cap, and I get to play as the little man. <laughs> oh yeah, you're, oh. You're the most I've fun seen part. this sketch. Actually, I've seen this sketch. Uh, so. We did it with the disconnected Joy-Cons, one of us holding each Joy-Con, which, by the way, complete side note. Is there anyone on the planet who hasn't lost one of those little connector things? Because I've lost, already lost one I'm of them. I'm pretty sure I've lost where, one, yeah. Where the hell it is in my house? I tore my house apart looking for this stupid thing. Anyway. Um, okay, so here is how this works, guys. If you're not familiar with how Mario Odyssey's co-op mode works, you literally, one person controls Mario. That was me. My wife controls the the hat, Cappy. So she can fling herself off and do attacks. And, and that's kind of cool. She's like attacking in real time and flinging around. Doesn't even have to come back and connect to me. She can sort of control him and move him around and, and do all kinds of stuff and clear things out for me. It, it, it's really kind of a fun co-op idea. But here's the catch. Imagine, if you will, playing uh, a big 3D open world Mario with twin sticks. You have one stick that controls movement and you have one stick that controls the camera. Uh-oh. Well, when you split the Joy-Cons and only you only have one stick per person, how does one control the camera? Well, Nintendo said, here's our solution to that. Either of you can control the camera at any time. <laughs> All you got to do is press the topmost button on your controller that toggles your stick from movement to camera control. So you, can, you can't you can move and, and control the camera at the same time, but you can toggle control of the camera, either of you, anytime, all the time, which – 15 seconds into that, I was like, this is broken. It doesn't work. It's super frustrating. I hate this. How the hell could they possibly have done this? This is dumb. I'm sorry, honey. I This is not how video games are supposed to work. <laughs> I, I apologize. No, no, honey. It's okay. We can, let's keep playing. Okay. I But I hate this. I just want you to know this is not how it's supposed to work. I hate this. I don't know. Mar- Nintendo is, is a bunch, bunch of idiots. They're idiots, honey. Idiots. It's okay, honey. It's okay. I'm having fun. Okay. But they're idiots. Is she having fun? I understand. Yes. She's the one. She was the one having fun. I'm the one railing at Nintendo. (laughs) Okay. That's 15 seconds into this control scheme. 15 minutes into this control scheme. This is brilliant. Nintendo is brilliant. 
they this is wacky and insane and completely off the chain and turns it into a completely different game and holy crap this is this is stupid fun but totally fun akin to new super mario brothers and the bubble mechanic where like oh. part of the fun is putting your friends in the bubble and not popping them or like it's the same kind of thing of the friendship ruiner mechanic <laughs> right it's that it's oh now there's a meta game that is who can control the camera how can who's on the screen how are we going to fighting bosses in co-op is ridiculously fun and goofy and harder because you're both like switching off who's controlling the camera and you're both trying to figure out what's going on and you have this crazy division of labor because all the boss fights require very specific Cappy moves and very specific Mario – like Mario has to survive and Cappy has to attack. And so now you're like this two-headed monster that neither of you can do anything particularly well on your own. <laughs> so you have to work together. And I hated it until I loved it. It's it's crazy and stupid, so stupid, but like kind of diabolically fun as well. All right. I'm I'm sold. I kind of want to try it now. That sounds like a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, you should really try it. Find someone that you know will not get frustrated easy <laughs> and uh and and jump in because it's it's wacky. All right. I'm in I know I'm into it. My boyfriend and I have co-opted a lot of dumb things before, so <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is I got to buy another one of those stupid little attachment <laughs> things. Uh, any other uh, Mario Odyssey? I'm not sure we're going to be talking about it for several weeks as we move through the game, but um man, it's it's wonderful. Isn't it wonderful? It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to um Chelsea, you've been playing another Mario or excuse me, another Nintendo game. Um a one that Christian has been yelling from the treetops about as well. Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS. Oh, it's so good. You you love it. I love it. Wait, I don't know Christian's opinions, so I love it. Okay, it's good. so good. It's yeah, so good. It's brilliant. It's yeah. such a it's such a good game. All the new stuff that they added, the like the counter is so fun to use. I love the I love pinning stuff on my map because otherwise I'll have no idea where all those secrets are later. You know, <laughs> just like all those those new additions, but also it's still just like a good Metroid game. Um, I think I I just got the third like D pad kind of upgrade thing. Uh huh. Yeah. So pretty deep in there. Yeah, it's a long game. I'm I'm surprised. It was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I've been playing this for a while. I'll just go to like a fac and just you know look through whatever. And I was like, oh, I I still have a good chunk of change left. It yeah. it keeps delivering. It's I mean I still have a bunch of Metroids to catch, but I still I really like it because yeah. it gives yeah. you all the good Metroid vibes with the new like the music is so good too. And I played it for like eight hours in a row again flying back from japan and i was like well i'm just doing this now so it was so it was a very good like long sit down game where it made me pass time incredibly quickly yeah it's phenomenal oh it's so good <sighs> yeah too many good things guys and too many good things have you played it did you turn the 3d on chelsea i think the 3d is it's yeah. some of the best i've ever seen i turned it on some because like there was a point where you're just like i can't do that but you i i see you enter one of those big spectacular rooms and you're like oh i'm definitely turning it on in here because yeah. it's so like there, there's just so much happening in the background and yeah. just the art the art direction is phenomenal it's yeah. so it's so crisp and vivid yeah i i i hope i mean i was i think a lot of people were kind of nervous about this because mercury steam isn't necessarily a studio that has a lot of 
like good stuff associated with it, but it, it's delivered intensely. They do now. <laughs> yeah, they really do. So th- three masterpieces from Nintendo in one year. That's fun. Um, pretty amazing stuff. And we will get, we're going to get to Assassin's Creed Origins. We're going to talk Destiny 2 on PC. I know we're already running long, but I do have to thank our second sponsor, Brooklinen. I slept on my Brooklinen sheets last night, as I have for the last, what, two months now. They are delight. They feel so luxurious and so good. I'm so happy with them. They're super stylish. We got the like gray and white stripe ones, which I think really are sharp looking. Um, but that's secondary to me. I don't really care about that stuff as much as I care about comfort. I'm a sleeper. I like sleeping. It has become even more precious to me these days because I have a, a one-year-old and he doesn't let me sleep as much as I used to. So when I lay down on my bed, I want it to feel good. And that is really what Brooklinen is about. It's Sheets that make you feel so good. They they feel like luxury. And the good news is they aren't the price of luxury. They are uh, much, much more reasonable. And you can get it all online. It's so easy. They cut out unnecessary markups and manufacturing waste. And they offer these great designs and, and uh, luxurious feeling sheets at a big, big savings. Their sheets have over 12,000 five-star reviews. It's really good stuff. And the good news is Brooklinen has given an exclusive offer to DLC listeners. This is uh, $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code DLC at brooklinen.com. So if you want to upgrade your sheets, if you want to feel as good as I do when I sleep, I really highly recommend these. These are high quality. We got a um, a duvet cover from them as well. And my wife was raving about them because they have the little tassels inside that are part of the actual fabric. They're not like sewn on, so they won't tear. Big, big deal for her. <laughs> so she always wants me to mention that because uh, it's like huge. It's like a high quality. Uh, and we're giving you $20 off when you go to B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and use promo code DLC, brooklinen.com, promo code DLC. Get those sweet duvet cover tassels, people, and upgrade your sleep. All right, we are already running long, and Chelsea, I know you have to go and be a, a, a person who has a job at Polygon and make awesome content for us. So we appreciate you spending so much time with us Uh Thank you very much. Oh, it was so fun. You guys are great. And, and I love geeking out on about video games anytime. So I loved it. Yeah. Well, let's uh, tell people where they can keep up with you and your stuff online as well. Oh, yeah. So um, along with reading, just reading polygon.com, we have an awesome podcast that we launched at the start of the summer. It's me and three other hosts. It's just called The Polygon Show. It is uh, also Allegra Frank, Ashley O, and Simone de Rochefort. And uh, we talk about kind of similar like format. We talk about uh, what we're playing and video game news. And we also uh, debate about what is our favorite soda. It seems to happen a lot. <laughs> That's a very important topic. Very important. What is your favorite soda? I'll see. Um, I think my favorite soda personally is Mexican Coke. I think that's my my soda jam. Uh, Pretty good. But in the bottle, yeah, in the bottle. Uh, but yeah, the um, and you can also follow me on Twitter at ChelseaBot, which is up on the Twitch screen. Um, but yeah, I I love that people are fans of the show, and we've gotten a really good reception. So you know, check us out if you haven't heard us before. 
All right. So we can't stop the show because there's just so much more to talk about. Of course, one of the biggest release weeks in the history of video games. Um, we talked about Mario. Let's hit Assassin's Creed Origins. We've both been playing that. I'm playing it on PC. What are you Me playing too. on? Me too. Oh, really? I got a free copy with my monitor. I didn't know I was going to when I when I got it, but that's uh, what I got. Yeah. Right. Um, you know that I have said at length how much I'm not an Assassin's Creed guy. I, I bought the book. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I I played the first two to completion. I don't think I've played a single one after that to completion. I've dabbled in them. I think the last two I didn't even play at all. Um, I just have never loved uh, the Assassin's Creed gameplay. I dig the universe. I dig the storyline. I dig the settings. I love the fact that you can go back to all those cool historical settings. I'm a history nut anyway. I just never liked the gameplay loop. I never, I always felt oppressive. I didn't like the fact that you fail missions over and over. None of it was fun to me. They made an Assassin's Creed for me, man. <laughs> I love this Assassin's Creed. It's The Witcher or Horizon Zero Dawn with an Egypt skin. It's, it's, it's Horizon Zero Dawn if Aloy could scamper over literally any surface in the game. Uh, having that Assassin's Creed push A and you can climb anything is cool and fun and it turns what is ostensibly The Witcher or a a big open world role playing game with the same kind of trappings of loot and leveling up and doing quests in any order and all of the stuff that I love about those kinds of games Assassin's Creed just liberally borrows and I have no problem with that because it has made a game that I am really, really loving. I also uh, have not fi- – I have not finished any Assassin's Creed game. The one I played the most of was the Vita version just because I would take that with me everywhere. But I have not completed any Assassin's Creed game. Um, I'm also very much enjoying this game. I, I don't think calling it Horizon Zero I, – I will say right now uh, there's a very good chance Horizon Zero Dawn ends up on my top five faves of the year. And there's a like equally good chance that Assassin's Creed Origins does not. It might have made my top ten, but to me, it is not of the caliber of Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, In what way? It. This, this. I mean, I agree actually because I think Horizon Zero Dawn is is excellent and and sort of head and shoulders above any other game in its genre. As I mean, it's better than The Witcher for my money as well. But I also don't think that Origins is like that much worse per se so i don't think it's that much worse i'm saying origins might make my top 10 but it's just i don't think it's going to make my top five which is like in 2017 and and the year of uh shadow of mordor making being my favorite game assassin's creed origins might have beat it you know like it's a very good game it's just wrong year wrong day uh (laughs) but i think the way you framed that made me think that you thought it was it, it was doing what horizon does poorly but it's not the case it's not just poorly not just not the- not poorly just not as good i i mean i feel like your analogy said it's just as good and i was just saying for me it's not um okay fair enough and i think it what it's and it's weird to talk about a great game like this um for me, it's missteps compared to Horizon Zero Dawn, and I have not beat Assassin's Creed Origins, so maybe it, you know, shit ramps up toward the end. Um, I feel like its narrative isn't as compelling. It's a little foggy, especially at the start. I'm not sure why I'm doing what I'm doing. It is um, an odd beginning. It, it just throws you in without explaining any reason of who you are and what you are and what's going on. 
you yes. know, why these pharaohs are bad or why you're fighting against them. And you can tell it's important to these people and that they're an oppressed society and, and whatever, but it doesn't give you a jumping off point to go and do things. And then for my money, um, uh, sorry, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn struck the right balance between narrative gameplay moments and side quests slash busy work. In this game, I think I have my first hour streamed. Uh, it's on my Twitch and archive. Eh, if it's not, it will be archived on my YouTube soon as well. And I mean, I appreciate it because it's kind of a wink and a nod. But I feel like when you're sitting there with your friend at the very beginning, it's you know, straight up saying, okay, you can get better gear, but you're gonna have to go grind. They don't use these words, but they're using those. You're gonna have to grind to do that. Grind to get this great loot. And he's like, oh, I can build that myself on my workshop when I have all the right ingredients. And I'm like, I see you Assassin's Creed. I see what you're doing. Yes, you can build that. But to get these other things, you'll have to go visit this person. But before he'll work for you, you'll probably have to do him a few favors. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I bet I will. I'm about to find some sheep or something. Sure enough. He's like, can you find my sheep? And I was like, oh, you got me. I'll find your sheep. And then, so it's, it's, it's very open about that stuff, right? It's like, there's, there's so much to do. Ubisoft, they blow my mind. I, I think in my first hour, I opened up the map just to kind of zoom out and see it. Yeah, it's and insane. I had like a panic attack. I was like, yeah, there's, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. The amount of stuff there is to play right now, it's like, oh, this is big. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is too big. And they're hinting at <laughs> like, the but it's grunt. not like, it's not. It's dense too. There's lots of stuff all over the place. And when you uh, have you gotten to Alexandria yet? No, I don't think Alexandria so. is like the first big city you get to, and it's a big okay. ass city. And you're it, there's you, it's a full Assassin's Creed city with <laughs> rooftops and street chases and like it's massive. And it's just the, it's just one tiny little part of this I mean, huge not map. tiny right it, it's tiny only in comparison to the rest of the map right like it's a full games map uh, <laughs> on its own and and then so i feel like the narrative isn't quite as strong the the appeal to busy work for me as a gamer it, it, it makes me anxious it makes me have analysis paralysis it i i want something kind of pulling me a little stronger in one way and then the other thing and maybe this changes too maybe it's already changed for you but it's like go do this thing and, and help this person and it must have been the first 10 times i went to do the thing and help the person spoiler vague spoiler the thing i'm helping or the person i'm helping is dead and i'm just like this isn't the warm homecoming i and it's like oh yeah their village is burned and i'm like son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> I wonder – I agree with you about the narrative. It certainly is not as elegant as Horizon Zero Dawn at any stretch. But I, I'm curious how much you've played because there's some father-son stuff that happens that I'm curious if you saw. I think I'm right there. Okay, because it all comes into focus sure. uh, that way. And it, it's delayed and you don't – quite know who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. And there's a lot of side stuff you could be doing that kind of puts that off even farther. Which is what I've been doing. I can't not. I have such a hard time with that. It's my it's my own problem. But, but I, there it, is a central story that I think you will find very compelling yeah. And if you keep playing it. And uh, there's like a love thing that happens that's really intense. And like th- these characters I think are are defined. It's just the game doesn't bring you in smoothly to it it, it kind of just drops you roughly into that world and you make make you make do for a while before understanding what the story really it's, is it surfaces all the other stuff you can do which is cool and i think very compelling to a lot of people and to me it's like oh, i'm gonna do this <laughs> but, and, and and granted i haven't played the last couple of assassin's creed games at all but 
For me, the Assassin's Creed franchise was always way worse on the busy work thing and way worse on the variety of things that you could do and how annoying most of them were. This game, I feel like it opens up the freedom to take down things the way you want. It doesn't force stealth on me. (laughs) It allows me to use stealth as like its advantage instead of, oh, you were discovered, game fail, or oh, this guy ran too far down the street, game fail. You know, it's it it kind of moved away from the uh, Grand Theft Auto style, you're in a mission and you can right. either pass or fail this mission to the Witcher or, or Horizon or any number of other open world games where you're constantly just doing quests and how you do them is how you do them and things are going to go crazy and you can still do them. And I, that's just, I prefer that so much more. Yeah, well, this is so. I mean, it, again, I I come I come off leading with a negative like I did for Mario, which I hate because I think I have a reputation for being like glass half empty. Um, but the the game is beautiful. Again, I'm playing on PC. I have a 980 Ti as my GPU, and it's it is yeah. stunning, just jaw droppingly gorgeous. Especially because um, sorry to interrupt you. That yeah, the um, there's a central mechanic that we haven't even talked about yet, where you have this hawk, this falcon. And at any point, instantaneously, you can like shoot up into the Falcon's POV, and which is has a bunch of gameplay ramifications where you can spot things and check people out. But from a visual perspective, especially with as big a game world as this is, like being a bird's eye view instantaneously and see this crazy world, it's stunning, stunning. Yeah, and they've done it before, like Wildlands, you know, you're getting into a plane or a helicopter and zooming out, and the, the scale and the map and the team at Ubisoft, the teams, they need to be commended with what they're, you know, churning out. It, it's it's jaw-dropping. It's absolutely jaw-dropping. Um, I also cool. really... You can, you, you can sorry, <laughs> I keep doing this to you. Uh, you can jump on your horse or your camel or whatever your mount is and um, have it go, just go automatically to the next location and... Yeah follow roads which is super helpful and super nice um but while i do that every time i jump into my hawk because my my guy (laughs) will still still ride his camel on his way and my hawk could just be like checking out the world and looking at cool stuff it's 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 the coolest man yeah and so the other thing i wanted to mention that i really like and again i'm not the biggest uh assassin's creed guru um but from what i've played i really really enjoy the tweak that they made to the combat in this game um it's fun it's rewarding like i i feel like my inclination is to go to Batman Arkham because, spoiler alert, I used to be really good at that. Um, and so I had to relearn this because it's not quite that. You have parries and dodges and evades and shields. But when you get into it and the weapons feel awesome, like the big heavy club feels different than the long sword feels different than the machete. Um, the combat. It's sort of Dark Souls light. Yeah, it, it is. It, 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 it kind of it, like you have weight behind your movement. And that feels that feels really cool. And then the other thing that I wanted to say that I really love about the game, and it kind of goes with the graphics being incredible, is I love the characters, the 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 individuals you see and interact with. They are they seem fully realized visually. Like uh, this might sound nit- nitpicky or weird, but like one dude has a lot of chest hair, the other dude doesn't. One dude's ears stick out, the other dude's eyes are like up high, like. There's care put into characters that you might not see a lot of, <laughs> depending on where you go in the game, and it's it's really really impressive. Yeah, yeah, I'm really loving it. I mean, the, the attention to detail of realizing 
Egypt as a place and all the cool things historically that you can kind of see and visit and go to and the way that everything is teeming with life. There's NPCs all over the place and it really does feel like a living world that's full of animals to hunt and things to do and things to discover and side quests to find. But even not just side quests, but like there's just a thing there. Like I, I liberated a, uh, <laughs> a vulture nest. Okay. It gave me 150 <laughs> XP. Cool. I'll do that again. That was great. I mean, I just stumbled upon it and it was like, kill the King vulture. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been wanting to kill a King vulture forever. <laughs> and you're right that the, the combat is so improved in my opinion from previous Assassin's Creed games that I've played. It does feel much more fun, much more vibrant. Uh, as you said, the, the different weapon types kind of define how you fight in a, in combat. And it's really interesting to experiment with those different weapon types and the upgrade, uh, path with talents, it really affect the way you do that. And bow and arrows are fun and you can fight on horseback. And there's these cool, like part of, um, the, the crafting system in the game relies on resources that you can only get, or at least so far, I guess I haven't seen the whole game that's but another i want to yeah get back go ahead sorry so far some of the resources are only available by like taking down uh convoys of of merchants that are moving from one place to another and so i'm having these fun like you know highway uh, hijacking moments that are just about me trying to get some extra wood and sticks to build a better a better wristband you know <laughs> for my guy uh it's really good and really fun. And like you said, in any other year, this would be in the conversation for me as one of my favorite games. But there's just so much other stuff to be excited about. I hope this doesn't fall through the cracks because I think it's a huge step forward for the Assassin's Creed franchise. And it borrows – yes, it borrows liberally from a lot of other games. But it borrows from the best games and it does – it mashes up the things that it borrows in, in kind of interesting new ways. And it feels familiar but fresh at the same time. Yeah, and I think uh, Horizon Zero Dawn did the same thing. It borrowed from the best games. Like, it wasn't reinventing totally. the wheel. And um, I agree, this game's so good. And like I said, not top five, but likely seven or something like that. It's just... And then the day it came out on, it just... It's it's hard. It's hard. That day was... Well, I need to get to the other game still, too. Um, but the last thing I want to say about Assassin's Creed Origins is that I think, yes, technically it's pay to win, air quote, but it's pay to win in a single player game and for a game that is going to have microtransactions with real money i really appreciate the way they're like hey you want to buy that dope sword two bucks <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. it's like loot boxes are fun or whatever and you know i i can't deny like the psychologist has tapped into my brain and i like when i get the overwatch halloween skin and it, it, it makes me feel good even though i know i'm being tricked um but this too is neat and it doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't pop that up in the game at all. It's not like, hey, you just crafted this awesome chest piece. For a dollar, you can get this better. It's like a totally different tab. You have to go into the menu, pull up a whole new menu. You go into the store, and you can literally buy, I think, you can literally buy whatever you want, like that specific thing. And I, I really, really like that approach. I mean, they have a very set specific thing, uh, set of stuff that they sell. That It's not anything in the game you can buy. But yeah, and I think... I could be wrong about this because I haven't bought anything yet, but I think you buy it and it and you get it at the level that you are. Mm. And if you want to level it up, you ha you're going to have to pay using the currency in the game that you can also pay <laughs> microtransaction dollars for, or uh, you know you just have to earn. So it, there's mitigating it slightly. It's not like you get you know 
instant kill sword or anything. It's, right. it's yeah. just, they're awesome weapons. But the other thing I want to say too, before we move off of this game is have you noticed how much, uh, other, I think this is also influenced from, um, dark souls a, a bit, uh, multiplayer esque stuff that's happening. Like your map is peppered with, uh, in-game photos from just random players which is kind of fun. You're like, oh, that guy was swimming over here. Look, there's a picture of him swimming. He took a picture of himself swimming. It's just peppered into your game, like on your map. You can just look at, which is kind of cool. But even better than that, there are quests to avenge the death of other players. So if a player was killed by an NPC, it sends a bounty out into other players' games to kill that NPC. And so I've gotten XP by avenging the death of people I have no idea who they are, but it tells me their username. Yeah. I just thought that was so cool. It was like it has a little mission that comes up that says, you know, Boogie Pants 42. I was killed by, you know, these guys. Do you want to go kill them? I'm like, yeah. I hope, I don't know, I hope that it alerted Boogie Pants 42 <laughs> of the cool thing that I did for him and his family and how I avenged them. Yeah. I hope that that ha- – I want to I want to find out if somebody avenges me someday and and like – you know, feel like, yes, thank you, thank you. It's awesome. I've yet to die in game, so I don't know if anyone will avenge yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very good. It's, it's, I feel like it's Ubisoft at its best. They might not view this as their marquee franchise anymore the way they used to, but it is, it's, a, it's really, really, really well done. Okay, so uh, I have made a decision for my mental health to put off Wolfenstein 2. Uh, I'm actually, I think I'm going to play it on Xbox One when I get my Xbox One X. So expect that in the next couple of weeks. But for now, I, I have enough time. I have enough trouble splitting my time between Assassin's Creed Origins and Mario. But you, you did the full perfect storm, the triple boat. Uh, also saw two baseball games in two different states. But somehow you managed time to play a little Wolfenstein too. What is your take? So I, I've only played just a little bit, maybe an hour, maybe 90 minutes. I watched some – when I landed in Houston, I, uh, when I was flying out there, I was like, oh, Wolfen- people are uh, – who's playing Who's playing Wolfenstein? And uh, Khalif had his stream up on Spawn on Me, so I, was, I watched him play just a little bit. I was like, I got to see what this game's about because mine's at home. Um, so I am going to say a spoiler that happens probably in the first 10 minutes of this game. So, Jeff, if you don't want to know, you can pop those earbuds out. Listeners, if you don't want to know – um, Tell me, should I not know? No, I mean you can't right. avoid it. You can't. You can't avoid it. Um, if you want to know nothing, whatever. I think I've played the first ten minutes. I mean, I think I played the first hour at an event. Is it wheelchair stuff? So you, what I played at E three did not have this. Oh, okay. Um, so the game starts and it, it cuts in and out. It flashes back, um, and you are injured. You know, at the end of the events of the first game, and they're trying to save your life bring you back to life and during that you flash back to scenes of um um your childhood and your mom and you're like you're wondering am i going to heaven am i going to hell and darkness is coming and whatever and also side note to that somehow um they have found a way to make bj expletive expletive blaskowitz an incredible character this is a guy whose name is bj i think for the joke back in the day right Right. and now he is um varied he wrestles with ambiguity he has there's there's gray area in his decisions for what he's doing he knows what he's there to do and it's killed freaking nazis but he struggles with the reality of a world at war and he's even better voiced and realized in this game than he was in the the first one and then the, the standalone dlc which were also 
incredible. And so you're flashing back to scenes of his childhood and you see who his mother is and his father is awful, just horrendous, horribly racist, uh, dropping the N-bomb, homophobic, uh, anti-Semitic, all of the things that would exist in a world perhaps where Nazis have won. And you're seeing this and you're seeing what shapes William to be the man he is. And so there is a moment in the game where uh, he, as a young boy, he ties you, you, you try to fight back against him uh, when he's beating his, your mom. And he ties you to a, a thing and takes the dog who also attacked him to defend you and your mom and ties the dog up and he hands you a shotgun, your dad. And he says, kill the dog, kill the dog. And I'm sitting there, and this is this is probably 10 minutes into the game. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, no, I, I'm not – I personally am not going to do this. I love dogs. Um, it's very similar to my actual dog. The moment it puts me in as this character, as this kid, where I have fought back against my dad, I'm, I'm not going to do this. And there's some dialogue from your dad coming like – do it already. I said, do it. Don't make me, you know, whoop you son or whatever. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. So I left it going. I set a timer. I was like in five minutes, if, uh, if there's not, like, not a way around this, I guess this is the end of my game because games are engaging. And I, as a character won't do this. And I, as a human have not been given the motivation to succumb to my father to do this. So I thought that'd be the end of my Wolfenstein two experience. I really want to play this game, but I can't, I can't get past this. It's a choice I'm making as a player. Timer goes, I wait five minutes. I fiddle around on Twitter or whatever. Uh, nothing. There's no additional dialogue. I'm stuck there. As far as I can tell, if, if you can wait it out, it's longer than five minutes. So I take the, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to see what I can do within the confines of this game. I want to shoot my dad. You can't aim that far to shoot your dad. But you can avoid the dog. You can just kind of miss the dog. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to miss the dog. And if this game has me kill the dog still, like the bullet ricochets, or it's just like the hitbox is that big and the dog dies, again, I'm done with this game. I'm done with this game. As I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to aim, I'm going to do whatever, and I miss, and I shoot, and then the dad hits me, and he goes, you expletive, whatever. He takes the gun, and he kills the dog. I don't, and then you get a cutscene of the son uh, grieving with his mother. I don't know what happens if you choose to kill the dog. I imagine you get the same scene. But to me, from a narrative standpoint, that was compelling. It was interesting yeah. in a way that I, I get the game's going to make this happen. It's going to make this death happen. It's going to make the dad be a jerk. But as I was sitting there, before I realized that I could aim away from the dog, I was thinking, if you want me the character, if you want William to kill the dog, make it a cutscene. Don't make me opt into this murder. Right, right. And the fact that it let me miss and still progress the story, and then later things I've seen, again, just in the 90 minutes I've played, this game does a lot of things like that. And the first game had that too. It was like, look at who you want to live. Um, right. And this game is it's hard. Uh, it's dark. It's oppressive. There is some humor in it that happens, but it's the way I think humor would exist in this world, where they're like, when everything is horrible, you you pop a balloon. You know what I mean? Like you got to release the tension somehow. So like, it, God forbid somebody, this doesn't happen in the game, but like if you're in the most tense moment of your life and someone farts, that's the funniest thing that's ever going to happen in your life, right? And so that has moments of that. But, um, you know, this game is going for it. It controls well. It plays well. I understand that you want to wait and, and give it a rest. But um, this game is, is knocking on the top five door. and. Wow. Um, 
it again, I cannot stress enough how I think it's Machine Games, how they took BJ Blaskowitz yeah. and made him into a character that I'm attached to the same way that Joel or Ellie dragged me through hell on earth in The Last of Us. It is I feel bad that all these games came out on the same day, but this game is truly, truly phenomenal. Well, we'll talk about it more. Uh, I'll, I'll be playing it. I'm sure you'll be playing more of it as well, um, and as we will with all of these games. Uh, things slow down, although World at War comes out on Friday. So I don't know. I mean, not World at War. Uh, World War II to Call of Duty. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if you're playing that or not. But um, uh, let's talk just briefly. Again, we'll talk about more of this stuff. We've already gone way long. So long that our guest couldn't stay with us. <laughs> That's long. Uh, but we both played some Destiny 2 on PC. It's gorgeous, right? Plays great. It's What's so up? good. We talked a lot about Destiny 2 on this show already. PC I, version, nothing nothing to stay away from. That's I it. never thought I'd be the guy that's like arguing over frame rates or whatever, but um, I'm playing it uncapped on my G-Sync monitor. I'm playing mouse and keyboard. I'm sticking to mouse and keyboard, and it's phenomenal. It plays so well, mouse and keyboard. I find half the time I don't even bother to aim down the sights because I have such precision already. I haven't yeah. gone into the Crucible yet because I'm not, I'm, this is like the first game I'm committing to mouse and keyboard since Overwatch, which I don't need to be precise because I don't play a sniper. Um, it's so good. It looks so good. I can't believe that at my, I'm going to hit another 300 character, I think. Like, I can't. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. I, I was, yeah pulled back in as well and i was like i don't have time for this i got these other these games to play <laughs> and then my friends are like let's all do it and i was like oh here we go Woo-hoo! yeah so uh yeah it's good it's all good. right let's wrap the show up it's been uh, a long one it's been a fun one um so grateful for chelsea for being here uh but she is gone we've already heard where we can find her we do have our parting gift coming up christian tell me what you're up to this week other than watching baseball so I, I I didn't have time this morning to get the link up, but I'm going to be streaming. Uh, I have my mustache already. If you see the video on twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer, um, uh, I'm going to be streaming it for Movember. And my plan is I'm, I talked to them at PAX. I mean, at PAX, sorry, at TwitchCon. I'm going to be streaming with St. Jude's streaming initiative where you can give to St. Jude and I'll have a link and I'll get it up on my website. I don't have it live yet. Um, but I'm doing that all November, and I know St. Jude is in a traditional Movember charity event. It's not men's health or whatever, but kids and cancer is something that is deeply personal to me. And so I'm going to be supporting that. But to tie it into Movember is that any donations that go into uh, that St. Jude fund, I will be matching to give to a men's prostate cancer um, research and donation charity. I haven't found which one yet, but I'll be matching that and splitting it between prostate cancer and then also um, hurricane recovery relief. So I'll be supporting St. Jude's where your donations will go tax-free, and then I'll be matching to do other stuff too. So look for that link, follow it on Twitter, and I'll also post it on my website, christianspicer.com. I'll talk about it next week when I have it live. Awesome. And uh, then December 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th, I will be in Salt Lake City at Wise Guys downtown with Justin Willman, who is incredible. Um, I'm really excited for that. So if you're anywhere in your Salt Lake, come to a show. Come say hi. And Tuesday, tomorrow, I will be posting my family's Halloween picture. We got it, Jeff. Can't wait. Can't I li- wait. I lied to you. We had already taken it when you'd asked me before, but I was just like, oh, I got to play it coy. We got it. I got everybody in, and you can find that on my Twitter. I'll also post it on my Instagram, which is Christian underscore 
Spicer. Always Jeff, what about a delight. You? The Spicers go all out for for Halloween. And this might be the last year. This year was a push, but we did it. It's not what we're trick-or-treating as, but uh, it's what I took a picture. It's what my oldest is trick-or-treating as, but my youngest was like, nope, I, I am two and a half and I have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, me, what is going on with me? Well, next weekend I will be at BlizzCon. So if you're going to BlizzCon and you see me, please stop me and say hi. Very excited about BlizzCon this year. Uh, mostly because I am still so addicted to Heroes of the Storm. I play it literally every day. And every Wednesday, I am streaming it on Caffeine. Caffeine.tv slash Jeff Canada. Wednesdays at noon Pacific time in a show I call Hot's Lunch. So good. It's myself and Kyle Ferguson, who is a bona fide professional Heroes of the Storm coach, and he is coaching me up, helping me get better, improve my play in that game. I'm sure it can help you too. Uh, so check that out on Wednesdays at noon Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash Jeff Canada. The following week end, I will be uh, a featured guest at BGG Con, which is the board game geek con. Um, it's going to be so fun. I'm really excited about this. If you see me there, if you're going to Board Game Geek Con, please say hi. I think I'm going to be on some panels. Uh, Rich Summer is another guest, uh, a featured guest. So he and I, I think, are going to do a panel together. I'm not really sure what my schedule is, but I'm going to be there to play board games. So if you're there, I want to play board games with you. I'm going to be by myself. Let's play board games. So find <laughs> me. Uh, let's play board games. I want to play as much as I possibly can over the three or four days I'm there. It's going to be awesome. Um also, I have other shows. The daily video game show is called Newest, Latest, Best, talking about all the stuff that happens every single day in video games. Quick hits, only 10 minutes a day. Check that out. It's on iTunes and uh, Google Play Music at Newest, Latest, Best, or on Anchor at anchor.fm slash NLB. All right, Christian, let's wrap this bad boy up. So such a big week of stuff. Let's wrap it up now with our parting gift. I'm going to start. Chelsea left her parting gift. She was going to say it if we managed to finish in time for her to say it. Uh, she was going to suggest Stranger Things season two, which I can heartily support. Um, are you watching it yet? I am watching it. It's very good. I'm uh, two episodes in. Yeah. So I'm sure she w- she wanted to say that. I have a feeling a lot of people – that was part of the big thing that that dropped all on the same day, uh, Stranger Things and three video games <laughs> all on the same day. Um, so there you go. That's Chelsea's. Christian, what's your parting gift? Mine is related. You, you mentioned at the top of the show that this show has now run longer than Weekend Confirmed, which blows my mind. Um but we had a producer on that show back in the day that we were in a studio and it wasn't you and I with duct tape and uh, super glue <laughs> holding things together. I think I'm very proud of this show, but uh, we wear, like Mario, we wear many hats to get this thing <laughs> running. Right. Um, Ours spin off sometimes as well. They, they do. Uh, but we had a producer over there uh, when we were in the studio in Santa Monica, Micah, and he produced an album, Galaxy 80. It's a Stranger Things tribute soundtrack or soundscapes. It's on Spotify, I think Apple Music also, and it's great. Like it, it, it you know, especially we mentioned the midnight. Uh, also, I'm going to their show in LA. If you're in LA, come say hi. Go to that show with me. I think it's November 18th. Um, it's 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 you know, if you like synthwave or 80s, or you like the score of Stranger Things, check it out. Galaxy 80s, and it's a Stranger Things tribute soundtrack. It's really cool. We got a 
a parting gift from a listener. He sent it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com where you can send comments, questions, and your own parting gifts if you want to contribute. Uh, this one comes from listener Paul. Paul says, uh, after Ashley Askeda trashed werewolves a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and not without good reason, he says, I thought I'd share a parting gift recommendation of a really well-written werewolf book, The Last Werewolf by Glenn Duncan. It's a first-person account of the world's last werewolf who's on the run from an organization trying to exterminate all werewolves. It's very well-written and also takes a mature approach to werewolves. Note that there are also some mature things that happen in the book, so it's not for younger readers. I mean, if it's going to have werewolves, I think you can pretty much assume somebody's getting it on with a werewolf, right? Am I right? I, you can't write a werewolf book without some werewolf on human action. Have you read the Twilight books? No, of course not. But I think I understand that that's what happens in them, right? There's, there's so little getting it on and so much almost getting it on. Well, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> uh, anyway, Paul says, I think your listeners would enjoy it. Again, that is called The Last Werewolf by Glenn Duncan. Thank you for the submission. Uh, I know I usually do or sometimes uh, do periodically do a board game section, tabletop time here. But I just want to mention, since we're talking about all the big releases that happened last week on Friday, we had Stranger Things 2. We had the three big video games we've talked about this episode. But also one of the biggest board gaming releases of the year was uh, on the same date as well. Pandemic Legacy Season 2 hit. Uh, and I recommend that if you don't know about the legacy games, they're a board game that sort of evolves as you play it. The events of one playthrough affect subsequent playthroughs. And it actually tells a story. Season one told this cool story. It really feels like you're playing through a season of, a, of television with each iteration of the board game. Uh, so pandemic season one, amazing pandemic season two, the follow-up pandemic season one, by the way, the highest rated game on BoardGameGeek, the number one board game uh, as rated by those users, which is a, it's a big deal. So that's my parting gift. And that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Chelsea Stark and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thank you to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. Thanks to all the folks in the chat room and the pe people that are hanging out on Caffeine for the first time. I really appreciate that in real time. It's been pretty cool doing video uh, while I record the show for the first time. I don't ever – I can't wear my, just my Mac Weldons anymore, Christian. A lot it's less nose-picking going on, I think, by both of us, at least That's, by me, now that I'm on that camera era, over here. Yeah, year is over. We are, we are now uh, – I've got much dirtier noses. Anyway – uh, thank you to you guys for hanging out. And thanks to all of you that download the show every week. Share it with your friends and give us good ratings on our, our uh, different platforms. It's very, very, very much appreciated. We will be back next week with more gaming goodness. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.